Thank you. Uh, I don't know, do I? Is this one working? I got instructions after the 8 o'clock. I was holding the microphone wrong. So, I don't know if they heard anything I said. I'm not quite sure. So good to be with you, Redlands. Glad you don't... That was pretty overwhelming, wasn't it? <laughs> so good. Thank you, As and Beck, for inviting us to come. And we've had a great morning so far and really looking forward to uh, what God might want to do. How many know that it's good to open our hearts to what God might want to do? I think he's come to church today, hey? Came because God wants to do something in my life. God wants to speak. How many believe that he wants to speak to you? Reassure something in you. Fantastic. Hey, can I just say, can I quickly little just digress? If you're on the worship team, why don't you just come and stand up here for a minute? I just feel that I want to, I just want to pray for you. If you're on that team, come on, Alan. This is Alan, by the way. He's got on the black shirt right here. Called him Alan this morning. That's okay. Just, just, I'm not going to come and lay hands on each of you. But, and, and maybe you're on the team and weren't on this morning. Well, I just want you to be represented by this guy, these, with these guys here. You know, there's a passage in 1 Peter 4.10, and it says, As everyone has received a gift, let us minister that gift to one another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I just want a couple of things. I just, God just gave me this for you while you're praying. And, you know, what it says there is, is everyone's received the gift. There's no doubt about the gift on your life. I'm in, in awe of you, you know. I, I'm, I'm about as musical as that little fingernail. And I just love getting into it. But, you know, did you notice Beck was moving away from me there this morning while I was singing? You've got a, you've got a gift, and I believe God wants to say to you this morning, well done, you have stewarded that gift. You have taken what he's given you. And you know, we're stewards of everything. Hey, he gave it to you. You were born with it or you developed it. You weren't born with what you got now. You developed what you've got now. You're stewards of the grace of God, the gift of God on your life. And, and I want to congratulate you for this. But there's two things I want to say to you. Number one is understand... That when God says to minister your gift to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, that word manifold means many faces. The gift on your life is a face of God's grace to the church. So when you're up here and you're ministering and you're using and you're developing Understand that you're a face of God's grace to the rest of us who receive from you. And I feel that God's so well pleased with what you've done with the gift on your life, but there's a dimension that he's going to add to the gift. And it's the anointing of the Holy Ghost in a brand new way, a new level. It's almost like you're going to move in to a realm that you've never entered into before. And it's not just because of his goodness. It's also because of your diligence with the gift that he's put upon your life. And so, Father, young man, when you beat that drum, the heavens, there's something about the drums that open up the heavens, that demons flee. Heavens open when you do that. You've got a great gift, but you've got a great anointing upon your life as well. So, Father, right now, I just pray for this crew right now. I thank you for their diligence. I thank you for the grace, the, the, the face of your grace in them to us.
But Father, I pray that as they give of themselves more and more, that Father, they would be taken up even into the heavens where they, that, that they take of the anointing of the Spirit upon their life so that Father, that grace is even a greater dimension than it's ever been before in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we give them a great hand this morning as they go back to their seats. If I get distracted this morning, it's because two of my grandchildren are on the front row. And I don't really care about the rest of you. How many people here have got grandchildren? Right. Yours are the second best in the world. I will build my life. Upon your love, for it is a firm foundation. Easy to sing, hey. I will build my life upon your love, for it is a firm foundation. Easy to say. What are you building your life on this morning? Building your life on a bit of the love of God and your own gifts? Are you building your life on on the fact that, well, we know God loves us, but then we've got all these other things to do. I want to f- encourage us as we were singing this morning that the love of God is what we've got to build our whole life around. Bible tells me in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 that God is so rich in His mercy towards us. Why is He rich in His mercy towards us? Because of the great love with which He loved us. In Christ Jesus, the great love. He wants, you know, Paul again in the book of Ephesians tells us he wants to comprehend what is the breadth and depth and length and width of the love of God for our life. God loves you almost seems a little shallow, doesn't it? You know, we all know that, you know. Now, if my prayer for you this morning is we could get a grasp of the depth of God's love for our lives. The way I know to do that, to start, I want to just share a few thoughts with you this morning because I find that, you know, in in the book of Hebrews, we're told that we have an anchor for our soul. How many know we need to be anchored to something? I need to be anchored. When When I'm anchored to something, you know, we're in Redlands. Some of you probably got boats. You know, when you're anchored to something, you hope it doesn't move, hey? You're hoping when the winds come and the, and the storms come that, that it's not going to move. You've got to be anchored to something. And I find that if I can anchor myself in the love of God, in what He's done, if that's my anchor, if I can find Him, if I can find, it doesn't matter what life brings me, I am anchored in something that's not going to move. When the apostle wrote to the book, to the Hebrews, he said, he said, I want you to, your, your foundation to be firm. I will build my life. You've got to build your life on something. Most of us build our lives on our gifts and our talents and our money and every other thing we've got. We've got to live, build our life on this immovable, unshakable, unchangeable love that God has. One of the things I've had most difficulty with in my whole life is believing. This may sound strange to come from someone who's been around as long as me, but actually believing that God loves me with such a great love. He likes having me around. I mean, that's amazing. 
You're going to ship me back to the Gold Coast this afternoon. You can make your mind up whether you like having me around. But God likes having me around. Such is his great love. And I know that as has been preaching in recent weeks about Jesus for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Why did he endure the cross? So that we may run our race with joy. So that we may fulfill the plan and the call of God that he, that he destined for us. Do you know that God planned for your works before time began? God saw you before time began. I don't understand that in my natural mind, but somewhere in the eye of God, I existed a long time before I came into being. God so loved me and planned for me, but sin and death and every other thing got in the way and God came in the form of His Son Christ and He died for me. He endured the cross for me that I may live the life that He planned for me all along. How many believe that? Some of the people that Az has got words for this morning, you came in here, you maybe didn't believe that. I want to put that right today. I don't want to just stand here and tell you that He loves you. I want to show you that He loves you. I don't want to just show you that He once loved you before time began. I want to show you that He loves you today. Unconditionally loves you today. You know, we're coming up to Easter, hey? And, and, and I love it. I'm, I'm with Az. I love Easter where we focus. You know, I'm a bit of an emotional person. You know, we focus on what Jesus did, what God did. God, in the fullness of time, sent His Son to die on that cross. That's what we're going to do at Good Friday. What time? 9.30. We're going to do that. We're going, to, we're going to come around the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came. And then we're going to come around Sunday and we're going to celebrate the fact that He rose from the dead. You know, that's what we do every time we take communion. And, and, we, and we, we focus on what Jesus did. Have you ever focused on why He did it? He was motivated by love. His Father was motivated by love. It wasn't something, oh, let's just good idea. Let's just go do that. I'm motivated by love. And I said this morning, I don't think God just loved us in a 33-year frame of time in the life of Christ when He was on the planet. He loved us before that and He loves us since that. He continues to love it. God has no other way of doing things other than through love. But at Easter and communion, you know, the... Last thing we ought to do, and, and often we don't have communion in a corporate setting anymore, and sometimes we do. It doesn't matter whether you do or not. But here's the thing. We don't want to make communion a ritual. The Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that Paul says, every time I do this, look at what the Bible says in verse 26. I proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. What is to proclaim? It's to speak into the realm of the Spirit, to shout something out. When I take of the cup, when I take of the bread, I proclaim the love of God for me to all of heaven and all of earth until He comes again. I'm reminding myself. Easter reminds me of what Christ has done. How good is that? I'm justified. The work of Christ on the cross took all of my sin, took all of my failure 
and he died in my place. I'm what the Bible calls justified. I am exonerated. Jesus did it on the cross. How many know that? Today. So therefore, it's easy for us to live in the victory of that every day, isn't it? Sometimes I think we think, well, Jesus did it back then. Now it's up to me to do it the rest. Jesus did it back then. Now I've got to make it on my own. Jesus did it back then. Now I've got to clean up my act. I think cleaning up my act is a good thing. But listen, today, cleaning up your act has got nothing to do with the way God views you. God views you the same yesterday, today and forever. He loves you in spite of you. And what we do is we come back to that place and we look at what Jesus did, but then we sort of leave it there. What I want to do this morning is just in the few minutes we've got left is have a look is that and although this is what Jesus did there and at Easter and communion, we focus on it. I want us to focus on what Jesus is doing now. He went to heaven, did his job, he sat down and he's having a rest. He died on the cross, took my sin, he rose again and he's got a feet up on that throne up there and he's just having a good old feed. He's got his feet up on the cushions and he's, there my job is done. I loved them back there. Let them, let them remind themselves of what I did back there and they'll be fine. It's not what the Bible says. Have a look at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24, 25. The Bible says this, because he continues, but because he continues forever, he has what they call an unchangeable priesthood. I'll go into that in a, bit, in a minute or two. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He always lives. Jesus did not return to heaven to do nothing. Jesus returned to heaven from a victory that he, he paid the price for, a victory that he won for us, but now he sits in heaven and he prays for you. I don't know about you, but if I'd like someone to pray for me, it'd be him. If I'd, if I, if I'd like to know, you know, sometimes we, we go to our favorite preacher or our favorite man of faith. I went to a prayer retreat this week with a few pastors. It was led by someone you may know, David McDonald, great man of faith. And I love it when David prays for me because he sort of builds faith into my life. How many know that there are people around that do that? But beyond the people, there's someone else that's praying for you right now. And his name is Christ Jesus. And he sits in the heavens. He just sits in the heavens. And he brings you before the Father. He brings you. See, what happens is justification is what Jesus did. Intercession is what Jesus now does. And we think sometimes that he's left us on our own. And we sort of know that intellectually and theologically that's not true. But sometimes we find it hard to live in the power of that. That right now, in the midst of your mess, in the midst of your challenge, in the midst of what you're going through, Jesus prays for you. 
Why? Because he still loves you. He still loves you. He still thinks about you. Do you know the, 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 the verse that just came to me in Psalm 139? I know the thoughts he thinks of me right now. Jesus is thinking of you. The Father is thinking of you. He's not left you on your own. I, if I'm God, I've got other things to do. But he's thinking about me. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Amazing that God of heaven, the God that accomplished everything 2,000 years ago on a tree still thinks of me and still prays for me. He constantly, forever makes intercession. Let me explain to you what intercession is. It's a third party who comes between two others to make a case to one on behalf of the other. You know, when you've got a defence lawyer before a court, the defence lawyer comes to the judge and to the jury and the defence lawyer stands between the judge and the defendant and pleads the case on behalf of the defendant. Jesus Christ, Lord of all, in heaven, comes between the Father and you, to the Father, for you, and pleads your case in heaven. He comes and He brings your life and He brings your past and He brings your challenges before the Father in heaven and He pleads your case. I don't know how you feel about that this morning. Someone's pleading your case. Someone's not looking at your sin anymore. Someone's pleading your case before the courts of heaven this morning. And I want us to grab the power of that. The atonement accomplished our salvation. Intercession is a moment by moment applying of what he did then, now. It's like this. Intercession is the constant hitting refresh of our justification in the court of heaven. Listen to that. Intercession is the constant hitting of refresh. You were justified 2,000 years ago. Jesus is pleading your justification in heaven right now. You were forgiven of your sin because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. He's reminding the courts of heaven what he did today for you. Jesus was wounded. Jesus was pierced. Jesus was striped for our iniquities, for our sicknesses, for our diseases, for all of this stuff. It happened 2,000 years ago, but Jesus is pleading it today in heaven for you. We sang a song this morning. can't remember the words exactly, but something like, is there a mountain he can't move? Is there a problem he can't solve? Is there a sin that can't be forgiven? Is anything impossible because you've got a saviour who died and an intercessor who lives? One and the same. We come with our problems. We need to come through the eyes of our intercessor and believe. This morning, your victory is in how you see what Jesus is doing right now. See, when we come to heaven, when we come to throne, the throne and we present our needs, we sort of do it out of our, our own strength a lot of times. And when I feel weak, my, my prayers feel weak. Yeah? yeah? And when I feel overwhelmed, 
I feel like, well, I'm praying, but, but is anybody really listening? You know what I've got to believe? I've got to believe that when I present, when I come into the throne of heaven, I'm not there alone. I have Jesus between me and that throne, and he's pleading my case. Heal that one. Forgive that one. Give that one breakthrough in their life. I died 2,000 years ago. I'm going to remind all of heaven. I'm going to remind my Father in heaven. This is what I've done for them. It's a refreshing. It's a refreshing. It's a refreshing. Romans says in the book of Romans 8, the verse 34, uh, 33 and 34, I'm sorry. Who shall bring a charge against God elect? Have you ever been... Entering into prayer... Entering in, addressing God. And you feel guilty. You know your life hasn't measured up. You know you've gone the wrong way. You know you haven't been perfect. You know that really, in and of yourself, you don't deserve to be there. And you go in. You go in from a position of defeat rather than a position of victory. Paul tells us, who brings a charge against you? Who brings a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies 2,000 years ago. Who is he who condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is risen 2,000 years ago. Who is even at the right hand of God now who makes intercession for you. No condemnation, no charge. No problem. Jesus is making intercession for you. Doesn't matter how you feel. We come in and we feel condemned. We come in and feel weak. We come in and feel defeated. But it is God who brings Jesus himself who prays. And if it's refresh, remember I died. Remember I rose. Remember I was pierced. Remember I was wounded. And it continual, it continually goes out into the courts of heaven. Never a moment that he's not thinking about you and he's pushing refresh over your life and he's remembering, he's reminding all of heaven about the victory that he's won for you. How am I going to enter into heaven now when I know that I'm welcome in? But because between me and judgment is Jesus praying for me. Praying for you. Again, Hebrews 7, we read this before. He, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable, it never changes. You know, unchangeable means it doesn't matter what you do, he doesn't change. Unchangeable means it doesn't matter what your behavior has been. It sort of matters, but, but not in the courts of heaven because he's unchangeable. A priest stands between a confessor and God. He is our unchanging priest. The Bible says, therefore, he is able to save. I love this. He is able to save to the uttermost. Those who come to him, come to God, sorry, through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Uttermost. What does uttermost mean? It means comprehensively. Aren't you glad he didn't go to heaven 
and leave us to make the rest of the way on our own. He said, I'm saving them to the uttermost. They needed, they were sinners to the uttermost. Now they're saved to the uttermost. Not only, and I want you to hear me this morning, not only because of what he did 2,000 years ago, but because of what he's reminding heaven about today. It's just like it was fresh. It was like he died this morning and rose today in the courts of heaven for you. Why? Because he loves you. He didn't get up this morning and say, I better pray for us again. He probably needs to. It's not a chore. You know that he delights to remind heaven of what he did for every one of us. He, he delights. He delights to refresh. He delights to bring that back to our remembrance. I'm convinced that's what Paul said. Every time you do it, remember. Because you're sort of hitting refresh again yourself. Here's what Kelvin said. He said, Christ turns the Father's eyes to his own righteousness to avert his gaze from our sins. Listen to John. 1 John 2. 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. How many know it's a good idea not to sin? Think so? Yeah? We are, we are, and I love what Az has been preaching about obedience. That's a good thing, hey? It's a great thing for us to try and emulate Christ and, and obey what he's saying. That's awesome. But how many of us are successful at that all the time? You know, the Bible says, I, I write you these things so you may not sin. That's, that's a great exhortation. Don't sin. But what do we do when we do? I know Paul doesn't much. His wife told me this morning. said, zero. He's had a perfect week. He's had a perfect two minutes since he's been sitting there. Anyway. But he says, so that you may not sin. But he says, then if you do sin... We have not only an intercessor, but an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. An intercessor stands between two parties and pleads a case. An advocate walks with a party towards another. And you know, when you enter into the throne of heaven, when you come to God with your request, when you come to God, you not only have someone pleading on your behalf, you have someone walking with you in the throne of heaven. And that's not just someone. That is Jesus Christ, the righteous, walking with you, the unrighteous, no longer unrighteous, what mountain can't he move for you today? What mountain is too big? That person who came to church for the last time, if that's you, what mountain can't he move? Maybe you came today to hear this, that all the mountains that you've seen that are almost seem unmovable today, know that you're not on your own. You don't have to move these on your own. Jesus Christ is praying about your mountain right now. He's walking with you right now. For those that need healing in their body, including me, <laughs> J 
Jesus Christ is pleading my case right now. Can I have the musicians, please? For all of us today, whatever your need is, for whatever the, the darkness over your life is, whether it's of your own doing or circumstances that have come your way, Jesus Christ, the righteous, walks with you in the courts of heaven, prays for you. I will build my life on this foundation of his love. Love that he showed for me 2,000 years ago. when he sent his son to die on a cross. Love that today he reminds me of that continues forever. Jesus. Jesus, what's your need today? What mountain couldn't be moved by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, praying for you? If you knew he was praying for you right now, what do you see him doing? What do you see Jesus doing? You know, the Bible again, last scripture for the day. The Bible tells me in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 4 and verse 14 to 16. Why don't you close your eyes with me right now? Why don't you see yourself? Why don't you see yourself before God right now? Holy Spirit, give us a picture. Show us right now. You're in the courts of heaven right now. The Bible says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly. Let us, therefore, come boldly. Right now, as your eyes are closed, you're in the, you're in the courts of heaven. How are you coming? Are you coming meekly because you see yourself on your own? Are you coming defeated because you know the size of your problem? Are you coming convicted and condemned because you know the, the magnitude of your sin? How are you coming? How do you bring yourself into that throne? The writer to the, to the, to the, in the book of Hebrews tells us how to come. He says to come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need but only if you've been a good person this week. And say that. It says, come boldly. Come boldly. That, 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 that challenge you've got right now, whatever it might be, come boldly. You're in, the, you're in heaven there. What do you see now? There's a son of God and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. What's he doing? Picture it. What's he doing? You come, you come. You come with your need right now into the, into the throne of grace. 
You come. What do you see? What's Jesus doing? Not what you think. On the basis of what I've read this morning from Scripture, what's He doing? I want you to picture this. Changes your life. When you come into heaven, what do you see Jesus doing? What do you see the Father doing? The Father and Jesus are one with each other. Right now, Jesus isn't just sitting on a throne waiting for you to plead your case. Jesus is on His throne pleading your case. Jesus is on the throne reminding heaven that He died, that He was pierced, that He was wounded for your sake. Oh, I don't come boldly because of anything I've done. I can come boldly for everything He's done right now. Right now. Just while we're seated, no need to stand right now. Come boldly. Come boldly that you may obtain mercy and find grace. Now present your need. Now present your need. Do you need forgiveness? Present your need. You won't find judgment. You'll find mercy. You'll find grace. Present your need. If you're sick here today, present your need right now. If you've got financial challenges, present your need right now. You've got relational issues, present your need right now. If you're anxious in your spirit, present your need right now. Give it to Him. Give it to Him for He prays for you. He prays for you what mountain is too big. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us see you. Help us see Jesus. Help us every time we come into this throne room, Father, that we don't come meek and mild. We come boldly because of what you've done and because of what you're doing. Father, right now, meet every need. There are people here today that you're not walking with Christ. Maybe you never have or maybe you did and you've walked away. Right now, your need, your need is to come back to Him. Your need is to be forgiven of your past. Your need is to find life in Jesus Christ. That's why you're here this morning. You're not here to come to church. You're here to have your needs met to find God. And right now on the authority of the Word of God, if you come to God through Jesus Christ, you will be saved. To the uttermost, you will be saved. And He will plead your case from this day till the day you meet Him in glory. He will plead your case in heaven. Give it to Him right now. Give it to Him. Why don't we all pray this just after me? Father God, we come to You through Jesus Christ. We understand He prays for us. We thank You for our salvation to the outermost. We thank You for our miracle to the outermost. We thank You. You've not left us alone. But your son prays in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Just a minute. We'll go in a minute. I want you to receive your miracle right now.
I want you to receive your miracle right now. By faith. You're not pleading. Jesus is pleading. How much? Book of Romans tell me, if he didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how much more will he give us all things freely? Right now, take your miracle. Receive your healing. Receive your forgiveness. Receive your abundance. Receive freely. In Jesus' name. Why don't we stand this morning? I will build my life upon your love for it is a firm foundation. Why don't you lead us in something, Ange? That'd be fantastic. Just feel this morning we prayed for a lot of people and, you know, if you want us to pray for you this morning, we're here to do that. We're happy. We're here to stand with you. It's not saying that you don't need other people to pray for you. You do. But understand as your pastors and your your leaders pray for you, they just join Jesus in praying for you. They just bring you and present you into that throne of God. We're happy to do that. I really sense as well though, just as we are led in one more song, I encourage you to reach into heaven. Don't see yourself as there alone. See yourself as there with your advocate, the one that walks beside you the one that lifts your praises to the throne. See Him walking with you and watch the heavens shift in Jesus' name. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We believe this message will inspire you into greater intimacy with Jesus, relationship with others and influence in your world. If you would like to know more about us, you can visit us online at www.elevationchurch.com.au or alternatively, pop into our Redlands location.